What is the joke? You know, when you when you go on a road trip, you buy snacks like you're a twelve year old with a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hi folks, welcome back to the RC Roundtable, and you're joining us for episode 147 with me, Fitzwalker, and joining me is Lee Ray. That's me, Lee Ray. And actually, I think it's more of a half a roundtable, a half moon table <laughs> okay <laughs> well a, a crescent uh, moon <laughs> our third amigo terry is not here today so Aww. just us two yeah so you gotta suffer suckers uh so terry is out on vacation a lucky bastard and so he <laughs> won't be joining us this episode but we'll have him in our heart or something or something <laughs> yeah Mostly something. Let's make sure we talk about him, okay? Yeah, that's <laughs> conniving, sniling, fluffy-looking nerf herder. Nerf herder, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Terry, hopefully you'll be listening to us while you're on vacation and you can hear us drag you through the coals like we good friends do. Expect the unexpected, Terry. <laughs> Really, this episode is just for Terry, because just so yeah. you guys know, we know Terry's going to listen to it and decide whether it was worthy or not. <laughs> <laughs> Teach you to go on vacation. But anyways, uh, let's get started. We'll get right into things. Uh, we haven't done a new product in a while, and Horizon Hobbies just dropped a new Deja Vu, what's old is new again type product. Yeah, like three, four time around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a it's a great go-to plane. I have one. But uh, yeah, they just make a change and they put it back out there. Keep it yes. out for a year, take it away, put it back and make one more change. We're talking about, of course, the new E-Flight T28 Trojan 1.2 version. Uh, this is the full full house one. It has retracts and flaps that was been so popular for eons. I don't know when the first one came out. Ten years ago, easily. Yeah, the the same paint scheme, red and white. Yeah, although it looks like they've tweaked it a little bit. It's a little different. They the nose art is they've added some nose art and a tail. It looks like it's got a sundowner motive, which I don't remember seeing before. So some minor tweaks to the paint scheme. Uh, it's interesting that it's back. It's been a really, really popular model, and it flies really, really good. I've had a chance to fly others. I never had one, uh, but I've flown others briefly. And really? I'm really? You've yeah. never flown? You've never had your own Trojan? I've never had my own Trojan. Okay, well, I'll find you one at Perry and just, you know, stick it in the car on the way home. Okay, we'll get that in a I'm minute. sure there will be 50 or so <laughs> for sale. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why I never had a chance to get one, but, uh, well, I do have... Terry's kind of one. He oh, he, do you, you have the mini? The one. It's really you couldn't call it T twenty eight. It's more like a T fourteen. It's like a flying wing, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I I videotaped and photographed that for him. I think we were at Tom Bass Park, 
one day mm, to go yeah. fly that. And it is, yeah, that is hilarious. That I'll make was... sure to put a photo of that on the collage because it, yeah. it, is, it is unique. <laughs> it's something only Terry would come up with. It is. It's exactly. <laughs> well, let's see uh, what's new on this one. Uh, one thing I noticed is that they talk about both 3 and 4S battery packs. I think the old one was only for 3S, right? Yeah. Did you see it's a 70 amp ESC? Yeah. Now you're playing with power. <laughs> I mean, why stop at four? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I with mean, a seventy, yeah, you probably put a five S in that side. No kidding. And so I'm assuming this is really needs to be flown at a four S, kind of like the uh, Timber X that I have. You yeah, know, they yeah. they give it to you with a three S. You'll never like flying it on a three S. So I'm betting this is definitely a four S plane, and you know maybe for those creative types like you and Terry, just shove some more bad, some more shove some more S's in there. Yeah, success, baby. Go smoke or go home. Uh, so, um, you talk about the speed controller. It's got, now has their new Avian series of smart speed controllers as well, which, uh, has a telemetry, uh, features built into it to downlink to your radio, which is pretty nice. I, I, I take full advantage of the telemetry stuff. I really like setting the warnings to the actual battery voltage instead of, uh, uh, an open loop timer that's, you know can be kind of vague depending on how you use the power usage. Uh, what else did I see? They, they reading between the lines are saying something about a motor upgrade. Um, sounds like they've tweaked the motor that they're using, but they didn't get very specific. So, okay. Uh, well, guessing, and yeah. they probably tweaked it too, because it's also a three blade prop. So I'm sure they made some changes there as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a slightly lower KV, higher torque motor. Yeah. Full disclosure, the, the T28 that I have is one of the original ones. This is the um, the Air Force one, the gray phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's a two-bladed prop. So I'm sure the, the motor's a little different. And, you know, those motors are were diehard, those little black outrunners that those had i mean i've i have a several on hand because i guess people from <laughs> who've crashed their t28s i've i've been given them and i actually upgraded my champ my personal midwest champ to one of those motors so they're they're great motors so yeah i think this is probably a much much more heftier motor that can support the 4s on a three blade it doesn't yeah. mention anything here about changing the prop for the 4s at least uh at a glance but i'll pull up the manual real quick while you talk more about the plane yeah that's a good point could be due to that 70 amp speed controller <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> don't need no sticking props <laughs> more current more power uh let's see so what else to say let's see they have uh this ar631 receiver uh, and again, this is a little bit bigger than the yellow T28 that they have, so don't get them confused. But be interesting to know if they're, they're still using some of the same molds or if they come out with new molds and they just wore the old molds out because this was, I know the original one, the original iteration sold really, really well, so I wouldn't be surprised if they <laughs> simply wore the molds out. Uh, and, yeah, they're talking about... I'd be curious to know if this Avian has the reverse, reversing capability in it or not i know some of the controllers you can reverse the direction of the motor on the fly interesting yeah i i don't see that it does say it's the avian light so i'm not sure if that is an additional option Hmm. interesting yeah maybe Uh, not i am looking at the manual though and i do not see anything here about having to change the prop out so Hmm. just just throw the forest in there by golly 
<laughs> Make <laughs> so that prop sweat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, hard to say much else about this. This is a very well-known model. Hopefully, nothing doesn't look like they've changed anything significantly as from the original. Well, uh, so retracts, really snazzy... is, retracts is probably the key. Yeah, maybe so. they beefed it up. It's got some really snazzy-looking gear doors. Did the original have the double gear doors like that? No, this is the first retract version. I thought the original hit retracts. No, it's it's fixed gear. None of them did? No. Huh. Oh. Oh, the one I saw had was a was a after was a mod. I saw one retracts once and I had forgotten it was a modified somebody a personal mod wasn't the kit. So only the giant one had retracts. All the smaller ones never had retracts. Yeah, the C Z. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think oh, the other okay. ones had it. I think this. I think the retracks are new for the, this this T twenty eight, the one point two. Isn't that snazzy? So you got them the retracks, some nice looking ones too. Well, there you go. I should also mention that I have the UMX Trojan, and that things fly. That thing flies really good. So it's a fun little little plane to fly around. So yeah, I'm going to guess there's some new molds, at least heavily modified molds. Uh, so that that's good. Hopefully, this will be around for a while. Yeah, I'll tell you though the pricing is uh, it's pretty steep, and if you get the plug and play, it's three hundred. If you get the bind and fly, it's three twenty. So we're talking about a twenty dollar receiver that's not a twenty dollar receiver. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. they they kind of I don't know. It's I'm not sure it's trickery, but it's kind of like going to the movie theater, and you know the first Coke is five, and then the next size up is five twenty five, and the one after that it's five fifty. Oh yeah, yeah. And you go, well, I'm going to get the big one then. So yeah, yeah, they start you off high, and it makes no sense to buy this plug and play unless you just have eighty receivers lying around. <laughs> just, yeah, unless you're determined to use a different brand of radio or something. Yeah, it's a better deal to get with the receiver. I guess, well, you know, things are, you know, you got inflation and shipping costs and the container costs have gone through the stratosphere. So I guess you're seeing the manifestation of that. Uh, but it is a really nice flying model. It'd make up absolutely fantastic second model. If you're learning to fly and you want something a little more sporty but still easy to fly, I, you probably couldn't, go, you could not go wrong with one of these. Yep, I agree. Uh, okay. Well, it's good to see it makes its uh, return, its triumphant return of the Trojan. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's triumphant, uh, just uh, again. <laughs> a return again and again and again. For some reason, I'm reminded of those Trojan Man commercials for some reason. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, you know what? I I, I wonder, <laughs> I, I'm saying this as a joke, folks, but you think of me when they do. But So they came out with the first one, Red and White. Then they came out with the gray for Air Force. Then that disappeared. They came up with a yellow Trojan, UMX. They brought back the red and white. I'm just, I'm half expecting the Air Force model to come back out. You know, or a different paint scheme. You know, Ooh. something like a dark blue or something. Something, yeah. but I just, you know, that's the, that's the change they'll do is they'll do an, a new, a new and improved paint scheme. <laughs> An Air Force. But if you don't have one, if you've never flown one, highly recommend it. I, you know, it's up to you whether you want to spend that much money. If you got it, great. It's it's probably worth it. But if you can get your hands on a used one at a swap meet or a friend's got one, he doesn't fly anymore, uh, grab it. Really good planes to fly. Oh, yeah. Tell him to shut up and take your money. <laughs> All $299. <laughs> now, I will say I do like the red and white paint scheme. I think it's nice looking and easy to see so 
the gray Air Force one was kind of not as impressive to me personally. <sighs> Flies. <laughs> I guess no, they I fly the same, yeah. Yeah, I just I probably got it just because it was different. Hmm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. All right, well, that, there she is. That was a bit of a surprise to see it come back, but glad to see it. Hopefully it'll show up in an airfield near you. Right now they're on pre-order, so you can hurry up and get in line. If you just got to have one. Don't know when they're coming. Yeah. February, oh, so this month. So what? hopefully by the end of the month they'll have some in. What was it? Uh, it uh, several podcasts ago, a new plane came out, and like the following episode, we heard that you put your name on a waiting list. Do you remember what airplane that was? Mm. Was we it just 14, I think? It could have been. I just remember Terry and I laughing because <laughs> you had mentioned you you were you put in an early, I mean, like the next day after we talked about it, <laughs> <laughs> you signed up for it. So, so the F-14, you think that's what it was? It might have been. That's a, the latest one I can think of that I'm really itching for. Gotcha. The little twin 40 millimeter, I think it was. It's Teeny. the key to the button. I love him and hug him and name him George. <laughs> ah. All right. So you have an announcement to make, don't you? I wasn't going to tell anybody. I was gonna... <laughs> oh, not that one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, secret safe with me. But okay. the other announcement. Yeah, the other the other announcement. Yeah. So uh, if you, <laughs> for those of you listening, and, and I hope you enjoyed uh, last podcast where I secretly placed the giveaway because um, I mentioned on our live show that I would put it in there somewhere, and I, I'm just thankful that we received a lot of entries this time around, and a lot more than I expected. So with all the entries we got for the giveaway for the Graves RC $50 gift certificate, we have a winner. I'm announcing it right now. Uh, nobody else knows, so I don't even think Fitz knows. It's not you, Fitz. I don't know nothing. <laughs> it I know you, nothing Fitz. about these things. The only person who knows is the person I emailed yesterday. Ooh. But uh, And I hope I don't butcher his name, but Chris Raybert from New York oh, is our winner, York. chosen out of a random pile of names. <laughs> Get uh, out of here. <laughs> yep. And it, funny is that Terry uh, was, got, hit the, got the email that I sent to him. He goes, yeah, I know Chris. I met him at an event. Oh. So, Small world. Uh, and he and he mentions he's a listener. So, uh, Chris, congratulations. I uh, hope you enjoy your $50 gift certificate. I actually could use that because I need to buy some stuff from Graves, but mm. I'm giving it to you. So, well, correct. congratulations, that. Chris, was it? Yes, Chris Reaver. Correct, Chris. I'm terrible at names. Congratulations, Chris. Thank you for being a listener and good luck. And don't spend it all. Wait, spend it all in one place. Exactly. And I'm <laughs> sure we will have another giveaway. Probably not this episode. <laughs> not the episode because I can't spend any more money. Why do you think that is, Fitz? <laughs> oh, well, well, before we go on to that. Oh, really? Okay. Just I, I thought up. it was a good segue. No? It is, but two things. <laughs> okay. One, Chris. When you go to Graves, tell them we sent you. Oh, yes. And second, anybody listening, if they're ever in the Orlando area, you have to go to Graves Hobbies. If you do not go and you're in the area, you failed as a modeler. <laughs> that is one of the best hobby stores I've ever been to. Awesome. At least the most interesting one to go <laughs> into. So definitely worth a trip, no matter where you are. If you're anywhere near, uh, I think they're off Orange Blossom Trail in Orlando. So look them up. Uh, you won't be sorry that you went. And I want to say that this was not a paid advertisement by Graves RC. We just use them. Yeah. I buy stuff from them, and I I picked out a hobby shop that I've had good 
service with and thought that that's the one we would offer the uh, the gift certificate. So, Chris, when you do buy your awesome plane or charger or super glue, take a photo and share it with us on our Facebook page and just let everybody know uh, about Graves RC. Yeah. There we go. How's that? That's good. Okay, so now, now we can segue. Going to go back to my segue about not spending any more money. Yes. And we can't spend any more money because why, Fitz? <laughs> <laughs> it's all your fault. Because <laughs> we're poor. <laughs> you had to send a damn email. <laughs> so, uh, the story is, and I'm sure I can't wait to hear Fitz's side because I know he's probably mad at me. But in the past, I've mentioned I follow some estate sales. And there's a, I'm not even going to tell him because I was so mad at some being outbid on a couple of my items. <laughs> I, I may tell him after this episode, but uh, uh, there's an estate sale site I go to and came across two auctions, one in Austin. And I think this one was in Iowa. Am I right? Am I even like close to that? I don't know. Iowa or Indiana. I can't, I can't remember. Uh, starts with an I. How's that? Yeah, starts with an I. <laughs> and... The one in, we'll say, let's say Indiana. The one in Indiana was uh, someone's estate sale who was into RC. Definitely uh, gas and glow type aircraft, lots of supplies, and just tons of lots. And <laughs> so Fitz, I told Fitz about it, and he saw something, he goes, Oh, yeah, I think I'll bid on that. And I told him what I was bidding on, and I just kind of left it at that. And then, like, the next day, I said, hey, Fitz, there's this auction in Austin going on. This computer company's closing down, and they had 600-plus lots. But let me explain something. Each lot had probably a 1,000 items <laughs> in <laughs> something in, in it. There, there was this great – I mean, gosh, we could talk about this uh, this purse – excuse me, this particular lot forever. But one of our favorites was this room. But you got all the contents in this room, and it was three shelves of game DVDs or CDs for this matter. Just tons of old 80s, 90s, you know, aughts <laughs> games that Fitz and I were just looking through. Oh, we got that guy, like Mech Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was awesome. What was one you saw? Uh, it was Mech Warrior, and oh, what was the other one? Uh, yeah, you saw something, and I thought was really cool. It was MDK? I think it was another one, a real classic. Yeah, MDK. Yeah. yeah. So the the premise for, or the reason that this company had all these is that they, they made processing chips. So they had a whole bunch of computers, workstations, graphics cards, accessories that they tested with their processing chips. So they had all these games to test all their platforms on. Oh, but yeah. this one room, like it had me itching to bid on this room just so we could just bring it home and just go through it because they were like... <laughs> yeah. Three racks, three metal racks, two cabinets, excuse me, um, no, one cabinet, three big shelves with just tons of stuff. And it was like storage wars. That's what we said. It was like storage wars. You just put a number in there, see if you can get it, win it, and then just start going through it. Well, that number climbed pretty quick. <laughs> so, so I think we were going to go up to 200 and it quickly surpassed that. So we missed the room. So, but, so let's oh, reiterate, oh, we sorry. were willing to buy... <laughs> A room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And whatever is in the room. <laughs> well, I just, I, I, the way I placed it to Fitz and the way I, I convinced him is that, you know, how fun would it be? You, you'd get, it's like if you go 
somewhere to eat dinner. You're going to spend 50 bucks or something like that. You know, you're going to eat and you're going to go home, whatever. But the idea is if you, you do this whole process, it would last for a while. You get to go through everything. You get to see if something that's rare. You Maybe if you found a game that you hadn't played since you were a kid, you get to play it or something. And and we were just looking on the shelves saying, what could be hidden back there? Is there some secret briefcase? You know, it's got Bitcoin. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, the... But Arcana in the company. end, with all the lots, all the computers, and crazy stuff, tell them about some of the stuff you were you were looking at, but you didn't win. Oh, I nerded out. Um, <laughs> they had some sweet, sweet test equipment. Uh, they had, I think it was a Tektronics LCD uh, arbitrary function generator. And if you don't know what that is, don't worry. If you do know what it is, yes, they had one of those. And initial biddings were really low on it. I was just really, even when they sold, they went for a fraction of what they go for uh, in the market. Uh, they also had uh, some, some programmable power supplies at a pretty high amperage that I was really jonesing for too. And I probably would have gone into a bidding war with one of them if I hadn't have won another particular bid of something, which we'll get into later. Uh, and uh, they had, what was it, a AM7? Uh, missile tester? <laughs> I kid you not. Along with a bomb site. They had a flight simulator? Yeah, flight simulator. Really nice flight simulator with multiple monitors. Uh, so this this place had some hardcore testing equipment that just made my electronics nerd in me just... just have kittens <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what i'll apologize because i know we are off the rc topic so i'm going to ramp up to what we did end up getting which was in fact rc related and then segue to the rc auction that we did finish so of all the things we saw the things we thought about bidding on a, a sound booth <laughs> <laughs> i really like that sound booth <laughs> um they made I want to money, stick that thing sure. in somewhere in the house <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone i'm in my sound booth We ended up buying uh, two lots of five, or is that right? Two lots of five Meanwell power supplies. I've, I actually, the the part about it was that was the first thing I saw on this auction because my power supply for my charger died. My 500 watt power supply died. So I was looking online for a replacement and they're just not in stock. Uh, I guess with all the china stuff and the shipping and delays and whatever they're just i could not get a power supply that was in stock so i just happened to go back to my auction site typed in power supplies and came across these lots and these they're probably used but just to maybe brag a little each of these power supplies was a mean well 24 volt 1500 watt power supply and you've got them in lots of five yeah man. and we we each paid with these things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we each paid less than $200 for the lot. Yeah, we got a really good deal. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm powering everything now. <laughs> <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm thankful I have a friend out there in Austin who's going to pick them up for me and hold on to them. Kind of hoping we were going to get them possibly this weekend to take to Perry, maybe sell them, but that ain't going to happen. So the good news is I'm planning a trip to, to go pick them up and... Fitz and I will have replacement power supplies, and then maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll put a 
a little silent auction out there for our listeners. It'll be our our version of a GoFundMe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Help pay for our website and stuff, and <laughs> we'll we'll maybe do a semi giveaway. <laughs> oh, a raffle! There you go. Do a raffle prize for for one of the power supplies, guys. I don't think I need five, but you know, you never know. So that's the good news. The good news is we want our power supplies. Got to be able to use them with my chargers. But now let's let's go back to the RC lot. And boy, there were so many great lots out there. I'm not looking at the list here. I could bore you to death with every item, but I'll start by with what I won because I wanted it. Uh, he had a new inbox Olympic two when Cox owned Airtronics. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Did it have a Cox on the, on the box in? Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I commandeered electronics. So they had their little stamp on it. Mm. So it's the same plane. But I've never had an Olympic 2. And what's great, though, is that once I build it, I'll have the Olympic 1, which is called the Olympic 99. And then I'll have an Olympic 2. Oh, wow. In my collection. So nice to have a box of balsa. And I'm looking forward to building that along with my Aquila. So uh, that's what uh, yeah, that's what I will that's what I won from the auction. There were so many things. Like again, I want to go back. There were so many great things. But <laughs> okay, do I do I want to share the uh, Astro Flight story? Astro Flight. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I told I told Terry about the auction. He happened to look at it, and he goes, "I said, hey, there's an Astro Flight 05 motor." And he goes, well, I looked at it and it's not an 05 motor. If you, The box is there, but it's the wrong type of motor. I said, well, Terry, you missed that there's another uh, another lot that has the Astro 5 in it. And so that was going up for like $10. I was like, you know what? For $10, bucks, i would get, I'd get Terry an Astro Flight 05. So I bid on it and I was winning. And then I saw the box and said, you know what? I should probably do the nice thing and get him the box for it as well. So I bid on the other lot. And I put a big number on the, the box for some stupid reason, because all of a sudden I started getting smacked for the Astro 05. <laughs> <laughs> and that price climbed to 40 bucks before you knew it. And I was talking to Fitz and I were like watching the lots live together over the, on the phone. And I was like, Fitz, do I keep going? And he goes, I don't know. What are you going to put? I said, I'll, I'll try 50. And sure enough, I put 50 in and I still got outbid. And I'm like telling Fitz, like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not getting the 05, but I'm winning the damn box. <laughs> so now I'm going to have an empty box of a Ford 05 motor. And then thankfully at the last minute, the guy who probably bought the 05, you know, beat my bid for the box. So uh, in the end, even though I bid on like four or five things, I, I just won the one thing I really wanted. So that was my story. It was fun, you know. It's kind of it's exciting, you know. And I, as I told Fitz, I said we're like we're like two old ladies watching QVC at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, tell you, I love that necklace. <laughs> I I don't have that one in red. Well, I never. All right, so that's my story. Your turn. Okay, so my, so uh, there was a couple of things that caught my eye, and the first one was. Uh, a lowly old Futaba transmitter, the FPT8SGA. Oh, good. Dash good. P. Glad you started with that one. That's a fun one. Yes. So this is a this is a pretty old Futaba transmitter. I think it dates, but it dates back to the eighties. One of their early computer radios with a module on. It's actually a really nice radio, and especially for the time, it was high tech. But if you recognize those numbers, it was the same transmitter that. 
uh, Doc Smith used to control his DeLorean time machine in the Back to the Future movies. And this auction had not one, but not two, not three, but four of these radios. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that as like, ooh, maybe I get, there's four of them. There's a good chance I can get one pretty cheap. I thought I'd pick one up uh, if, if it didn't go outrageous. These things go for actually go for a lot of money. People know what they are. And so if you go on eBay, they're, all the prices are outrageous. It's like, you want how much for this old radio? It's an old FM or PCM uh, 72 megahertz. I mean, it's not really all that great for anything other than it's no- notoriety in a movie. Uh, but yet, I guess people know that, and the, the prices are just crazy for these radios. And for the longest time during the auction, the bid was pretty low. I think uh, forty bucks. Yeah, forty bucks. I said, hey, for forty bucks, I'd definitely pick one up. Uh, and it, it well, <laughs> it stayed that way until what? The last five minutes. Yeah, maybe the last ten to five minutes. Yeah, last ten to five minutes, and when the auction started ending. And then they got into a bidding war. And these things... Hey, that wasn't a war. That was a smackdown. It was a smackdown. <laughs> oh, my God. They, they all went for over 150 bucks, right? Or 140 Yeah, and, 150 140 Yeah, with the highest one, I think, going like 170 I think the first one ended at 170 Oh, that was the best-looking one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some were better looking than the others. I picked one that was kind of mediocre. I didn't pick the worst or best. <clears throat> and um, it, it's still, for what the market price is, they got an okay deal on them, but still, that was just a little too pricey for an ancient radio that just wanted to stick an LCD screen, um, uh, LED counter and some switches and knobs and greebles on. Uh, anyways, but, but it's not important because... I didn't need it that bad. But I just thought it was funny. I said, ah, there's four of them. It can't be that. Boring. And people started fighting. We can watch numbers in real time. And Lee and I were like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to insert this because I want to tell you how much I enjoy my friendship with Fitz. It wouldn't have been fun watching these auctions without Fitz on the other end and us just laughing and going, oh, my God, you see that price? I mean, it was hilarious and because we just kept going, should we bid more? No, should we, no, we don't. And then I was, <laughs> I was egging Fitz on. I mean, I was his worst enemy because I really wanted to, to win. I was like, come on, we'll just throw $5 more. But the, people out there knew what they were getting and those prices. <laughs> it was like, what was I bidding on? Uh, fits that I every time I put a bid like not 30 seconds later the guy would outbid me and we just kept going back and forth over and over again I was like oh, yeah. screaming I was like oh darn damn it who is this guy <laughs> Crud, I forgot what it was it may have been the Astro Flight Motor because it was just oh, hilarious. Yes. Yeah, you, know, you just you know someone's there clicking at the same time you are, but uh, it was it was entertaining. And <laughs> in the end, do you want to tell what you did get, or is that a mystery? No, I, I guess I can tell what I did get. So there was one thing I really, really wanted, and so I was really itching to hope to win this uh, the bidding on this because it's something I could definitely use, and. Uh, it, it got a little close. I was starting to get a little hot under the collar at the last few seconds, few minutes. Uh, this gentleman, among other things, he had what looked to be a pretty new uh, Sato FG90 three-cylinder radial engine. And I Gasoline. Seen gasoline, yes, gasoline engine. Uh, and I had been sort of going back and forth. If you remember, I won the Bearcat at the uh, Roundtop event last year. 
And that is roughly that size. I thought 90 might have been a little big, but then I measured it. Uh, and the cowl on that plane is huge. And it, it'll, it'll fit in a cowl with room to spare. So I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay, Lee, that's, I want to bid this much. Well, actually, we went back and forth a little bit because uh, we had to consider some of the fees and stuff. But it's like, it's still, this is not a cheap engine. If I were to buy one new, it would, it would cost a lot of money. So I said, let me go in approximately half the price and see if I can get it for about that. And uh, lo and behold, even though it got a little close, uh, I won a bid. And now I have, uh, will be the new owner of a big-ass uh, three-cylinder radio engine from Saito. Yeah, and you should be. Multi-cylinder. Yeah, you should be able to put that together because the Bearcat was, uh, I say ARF, but it's already pretty much put together, right? Well, it's an ARF. I mean, you're going to do some work on it, but yeah. But it, it'd be really cool. I've been really itching to try to get a multi-cylinder engine radio, uh, multi-cylinder engine. Too many words. <laughs> and I had actually had another plane I wanted to kind of put one in, but the cowl is not shaped quite as well, so I may go electric for that other one, and and go with the three-cylinder and the Bearcat and see how that goes. Plus a ninety, which interesting enough, I was looking it up. Apparently, this is a replacement. They had an eighty-size three-cylinder, and I guess they. Maybe they bored it out or something and made it a 90 and then made some other revisions. So we will see. Uh, I don't, I think the smaller Sados had an issue with cooling on one of the cylinders, but I don't, I don't believe that's an issue with the big 90 size. So I have to do some research to see if that's an issue. If I do have to do anything special, but it should be interesting. Interesting indeed. Yeah, but that's it. That's the the most expensive thing I've ever bid on, and that was uh, uh, it's gonna. I'm gonna get sick of eating noodles for a couple of weeks. Well, it was less than the DeLorean, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was less than my yellow aircraft, so yeah. don't feel don't feel so bad. Well, that's true. Yes. <laughs> so but, man, we had an expensive month, didn't we? We <laughs> we did, and and where are we going next week? We are going to Perry, Georgia. <laughs> You remember the first thing I told you that I, the advice I was given last week, I mean, during our podcast, I said I was given advice on what to bring to Perry. And the it's like Fight Club. It's like, what's the first thing you bring to Perry? Money. What's the second <laughs> thing you bring to Perry? Money. money. <laughs> and what did we end up doing? So we spent our money in auctions. <laughs> damn money. Well, actually, I was half, I had it marked to when I went to Perry to look for a three-cylinder radio engine, so... I guess it's money I was going to spend anyways, I guess, kind of, if there was one there. And was you, may have to, price. you may have to get the ignition there. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the only question is when you buy these things, you don't know what condition. You're kind of buying them sight unseen. And Lee made a good point. He says, hey, I'm looking at the pictures, and I don't see the ignition module. And I'm looking through the pictures, like, yeah, that's a good point. So I don't know if it's buried in a box or if it's like missing it. So that kind of suck if it's missing. You can get new ones, but they're you know, a couple hundred bucks to get one. But we'll see. Or if we get in time, I can look for one at Perry. <laughs> That's true. Hopefully you will. I think it's already been shipped. So okay, it's, good. it's, I'd say it's on a slow boat to China, but it's on a slow postal truck from the U.S. <laughs> so whenever it gets there. I don't want to turn this into a how, you know, what should you know about buying on an auction site? I mean, if you use eBay, it's close. But the thing about these auctions, which is fun, 
is that you get to see an estate sale and typically all the things that are part of that estate are related. So in this case, that RC group, you just saw tons of parts and props and wires. And there were a lot of things I actually did bid on and, and, and I put my max price I was willing. But remember on, that, on top of that max price, you've got to pay their commission fee, which to me today, a 10 to 13 is really good. 15 is average. But man, I think we got hit with an 18%. Ouch. And that's, yeah. that's kind of high. I've actually seen one auction at 20 and then you, you don't want to bid there. That's that's insane. So you, you got to look at those commission fees, but then you get hit with shipping. And guys, uh, you know, if, if you haven't shipped anything in a while, you know, you, I mean, if you get stuff and you buy it from Amazon or something, you don't realize what shipping costs are. But I haven't told Terry or Fitz what I won about two weeks ago on a bid. And I got something I really wanted but the shipping cost more than the thing I won. Let me tell you that. That's insane. <laughs> For what I got, which you know was, I guess, big, it makes no sense that it cost more than what I paid. So you've got to be careful and you've really got to know what these places are charging, if they charge a handling fee, if they're going to charge you a box fee. So I'm just, that's my little uh, PSA. I, I like doing this. I see some really cool things. If, if you're lucky, try to find uh, an estate sale that's in your area so you can, you know, completely avoid the, the shipping or, and, and like in our case, I found someone in Austin that would be able to pick it up for us and we can go pick it up at a, a more convenient time because shipping 10 five pound <laughs> power supplies would have cost a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But uh, oh, it five, was fun. Ten pound? Oh, oh, yeah, ten. Yeah, you're right. Ten, ten yeah. five pound, yeah. 50 pounds. I mean, I'll say 50 pounds, but I don't even much. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking there were five pounds a piece. Um, who knows? But the, it's just, it's fun. I Again, thanks, Fitz, because I had so much fun with you when we were watching and, and doing it. I feel like we got things we wanted. We didn't go overboard. I, I was teasing. I did save enough money for Perry. <laughs> I've earmarked money for Perry and I know what I'm bringing. Is for, I mean, I know what I'm looking for at Perry. So uh, I don't plan on just going crazy. And if I'd brought my kids, I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> 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 so, uh, and I, maybe, maybe I need to tell Fitz, you know, Hey Fitz, I got a limit. <laughs> so make sure you, I don't ask for money. Don't, don't let me pull out my debit card. <laughs> so stuff like that. You have to, you have to protect me Fitz. <laughs> Yeah, you can imagine if the people start accepting the credit cards at swap meets. <laughs> I bet they do. Hey, that's it's a. I mean, at Perry, I'm sure there are guys there who have little swipe things for their smartphones. That'd be dangerous. It is. It would be. And I don't even get me started if people like are accepting Bitcoin and stuff like that. So. <laughs> uh, but yes, we're going to Perry next week. It should be fun. But. Perry is next week. You and I went to a swap meet last week. Yeah, at your field, your club had a swap meet and fly in. <laughs> and you beat me there again. <laughs> yeah, despite being three times farther than you are. <laughs> We're away from it. It was my fault. I know. Guys had a really good showing. We did. That was, a re that was one of the best outdoor turnouts we've had for a swap meet. And I'd like to thank Dick Jones because I know during some of our meetings he was he was feeling it may not turn out too well and the weather was questionable. But I hope he's proud because uh, that that did turn out very well. And the auction was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was neat. They had some, some interesting stuff that showed up for the auction. And uh, uh, looks like they got some 
pretty good prices for for the, most of the models. Yeah, and I posted those on Facebook if you haven't seen them yet. But that oh, Pete and Paul got a lot of attention, and I think our friend Larkin won the Pete and Paul. So I'm I hope um, he gets that flying soon because I'd love to see that. <laughs> I was told the Pete and Paul didn't fit in his SUV, and he had to go get a trailer for it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, apparently the fuselage wouldn't fit in the car, so he, he had a buddy that had a trailer that lived near him, so they went to go retrieve it or something like that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that was a that's big great. model. That was, I can see how it, and he had a big truck too. He had like a older Suburban or something. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't a small vehicle. Yeah. Oh, it must be what, 140, 150-inch wingspan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. I think it had a four-cylinder engine. Gas, four cylinders, two stroke, but I can't remember what the displacement. It had to be a couple cubic, couple hundred cubic inches. It was, it was a big engine. Yeah. Uh, and you see that little, that little um, Bristol Bullet? I think the little model plane, World War One. It looked really sad and beat up. <laughs> I don't remember the sad little plane. It was under the Pete and Paul, but it was like it almost, they almost missed it. The guy was like, "Okay, we're done." Oh no! Wait, we missed this little guy <laughs> under the wing. I, I think it might be in the photo I uh, I, I posted. You're right. Yeah, so it's there. under the right wing. It's a little green thing. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I caught my eye and I was like, "Man, this is such a sad thing. It'd be kind of fun to restore it." Uh, I almost was going to bid on it, but a couple of other guys started bidding on it, and it, it got above my price range. I said, "Okay, no, never mind." But uh, I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, but yeah, they had some nice models. They had the nice uh, Hellcat. The Hellcat and the, was it Sopwith? I think Sopwith Pup were the two nicest ones, I think. Yeah, I don't know the story about the Hellcat. Did they mention who made it? They may have. I don't remember. Was it Byron? Oh, I think yeah, it was, was Byron. I think you're right. Yeah. But it's really well done. Rivet. Details, panel lines, weathering. It was, it was a little, had a bunch of hanger rash on it, but it was a little TLC, and it would make a fantastic-looking model, and hopefully it flew well. Yeah, our friend uh, Lawrence Harville won that. Oh, yeah. Mr. MAVP. Yep. So he caught his eye in a picture. He, he f- dialed in his bid like us. <laughs> he called up and said, this is my max bid. Hope I win. <laughs> so. Yeah, there was some nice stuff that showed up. Uh, there was some, a lot of people showed up with a lot of interesting models, some in- good engines and all kinds of stuff. I was good. I did not buy anything. <laughs> okay, I was good too. I didn't buy anything. Uh, and, but I was bad because I didn't sell anything either. Oh. <laughs> and what I laugh at is the only plane that people asked about was the plane that was mine that I was not selling. <laughs> that I of wanted course. to fly. <laughs> so well, that works. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess it was nice warm up. Uh, I sold a, a, some small stuff, but nothing, nothing significant. But I didn't really bring any planes or anything. Uh, but uh, thanks to your club for holding that. It turned out well. Weather was pretty good, a little chilly in the morning, but turned out just fine. People were flying. Yeah, my my boys flew, and then we had that wonderful debate with Austin. And (laughs) I'm not sure I want to get way too into it, but to give my son credit, uh, the story is this. He's got an Aero Scout. Really good plane, by the way, guys. A little fun little trainer. And he was telling me that his plane holds... um, What was he saying before? Because I'm, I'm almost leading to the end of the story. So he was saying that the plane still had safe when you turned safe off. 
and we were trying to discuss it. Well, there's three modes. You've got beginner, intermediate, advanced, and advanced is supposed to just take off everything and leave AS3X. And he, and he kept debating us and I was getting Fitz involved. I got Chris Wolf involved and, you know, and then, you know, Austin was like, well, let me show you. Let's all go fly it and I'll show you. And Fitz got his hands on it. I got my hands on it. And we all agree. It, we don't think it's safe. That's the issue. It turns out and maybe it's this particular model, but I want to bring this up in case somebody wants to talk about it and, and share us there if they've had stories with a receiver that's safe in AS3X. But his Aero Scout, when you put it into expert mode and you get it into a turn, AS3X has what is called heading hold. Now, I think that's incorrect. I think it's an orientation or turn I, hold. I called it an attitude hold. Okay, or an attitude hold. Yeah. And in the best way to... to and, Describe it as if you are flying and you're in expert mode and you make a turn and you let go of your sticks, it stays in that angle. So it's not a heading because it'll, it'll eventually turn. So it's not a heading like autopilot hold, yeah. but it does end up keeping the aircraft in a certain orientation and it doesn't right itself up. And the same thing is like an elevator. It'll hold an elevator and just stay there. So it's just awkward that it's, you know, AS3 has... AS3X has always been like a stabilizer. At least that's how it's been preached to us, that it's a, you know, it's to try to soften the bumps, so to speak. But in this case, the plane's acting differently. It's acting as if it still has something controlling it. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. I love safe as a beginner option. I like AS3X, but I wish you just had the, the ability to just disable it completely so you can fly your airplane. Now we should say that in this in this attitude hold mold, I'm going to just go to call it that. <clears throat> it was still fully aerobatic, and it can do whatever you want, and it still had AS3X stabilization on it. Uh, it just it just had no self writing uh, capability, or uh, it, it just just kind of left where you put it. So it kind of flew neutrally stable, like an aerobatic plane, like a yeah. you know, extra extra yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, and and I, I wasn't trying to suggest that it was flying poorly. It flew great, and I love mine. So, mm. uh, I'm kudos to to the Horizon team for you know doing that. But I get it. Just goes back to that: who's in charge? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the pilot in command, hundred percent. The plane's still doing something on its own that I don't want it to do, and it's miss. It it's a it makes it as a, a bad trainer because if you give someone this plane who's a beginner and they think the plane holds that turn like that when they fly something else and they let go of their sticks or they relax their sticks and it doesn't do that they're going to blame the plane see what i'm saying they're going to say well the plane's not flying right it's not doing what i'm used to doing like with the aero scout or something but i i could uh, beat this one up to a pulp but let's just say austin was right i was less right <laughs> but because uh, it wasn't it wasn't a safe thing but i'd be curious if anybody else flies an aircraft with the as3x safe combo and in expert mode if their plane does hold orientation stuff like that and if it bothers you or if, if you feel like it's a it's a perfect match for that aircraft i think uh there are people use something similar a lot of the hoverbatic planes remember correctly right where you have a gyros and a hold attitude holes to help you do hoverbatics. I think some of the jets may have it too that can as thrust vectoring. Uh, so I think other manufacturers have something similar to what we saw. So I don't think they're totally unique, but anyways, that's just my thoughts. 
Okay. But we had a good time. That was yes, fun. yes, we did. I'm glad I went, and uh, it was fantastic. So, but I am sad. Hmm. I am sad. Sad about what? One thing that Northwest RC. Yeah. My Champ S Plus. <laughs> Something happened to it? Oh, you didn't know? No. Uh, Ryan was flying my Champ S Plus. And I handed yeah. it to him. I said, go have fun. And he, he was flying. And I'm I'm talking to somebody. And I look back. He's still flying. I'm, I'm talking to something else. Or I'm moving something else. And I see him. And he's still flying. I'm going, you know, that's only a 200 milliamp battery. I think I'll go over and talk to him. So I walk over there. And I said, you know what? You're probably going to want to be landing soon. And it was pretty windy. And his first lineup to land was just incorrect. And I said, no, you really need to go, you know, far down right and come around. Well, he... He went a very long way around the turn I was hoping he'd take. <laughs> he took the scenic route, huh? And then by the time he got to the part where he needed to turn, LVC. <laughs> <laughs> and that plane just nosed down and smashed my uh, my prop adapter. And it's made of plastic on these things. So. Wait a minute. He didn't have elevator control or just because of the wind? No, he was downwind. <laughs> oh, okay. So and it was windy. It. Yeah, okay. so it, it LVC'd and that plane just started going, hello, ground. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I wonder if it would be my friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is my purpose in life? <laughs> you get a cookie if you get that reference out there. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so anything else you want to talk about, Fitz? Oh, well, I guess it kind of segues on a workbench thing, but speaking of LVC, which speaks of C controllers. Okay. So, uh, so I, I've been on and off tinkering with one of my helicopters, uh, uh, you know, our buddy Mike Rosnick knows what I'm talking about. I've been working on a uh, T-Rex 600 clone-ish thing, and I've going to stick it in a scale fuselage. So I needed to change the head on it from the fly bar to fly bar list. And so over a really long period of time, I've been gathering pieces and parts. I got the head from Mike, and but I needed to get some control rods, and I had to go ahead a couple different iterations of finding the right size links of rods and stuff. So I finally get it all together. I put the new receiver since it's flybarless, I need to put a flybarless receiver in it. And so over the holidays, uh, Spectrum had a nice sale on one of their uh, beast uh, stabilizers slash receivers. Uh, so I picked up. And so I finally had a chance to put that thing in there, spent some time getting it set up and all the directions right. And I said, okay, I'm going to take it for a test hover out in the front yard. Uh, I got a bunch of room. I live in a Goldie Sack, so I got a bunch of space. I'm just, just going to hover around, see if it. See if anything needs to be tweaked or whatever. And so I go out and everything's working. The controls are working. So, okay, let me spool it up. And I raise the throttle. Nothing. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I have the throttle hold on. Nope. Channel's working just fine. I can see the telemetry, the, uh, the monitor. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. My speed controller is dead. Something happened, I don't know what, from sitting or something, but it was dead as a doornail. Uh, it's an, Fortunately, it's an old speed controller. This is an ancient, ancient Schultz. Do you remember Schultz Company? Schultzy? German? God, that rings a bell. I probably recognize yeah. the logo. Yeah, I used to deal with them a lot way, way, way back in the day. They're one of the early brushless companies they're generally pretty good speed controllers nothing like today but they had little dip switches on them you could set real quick and stuff that was kind of nice uh but uh it served its purpose it led a good life but now it, it is dead so uh fortunately i have a 
I have an old castle I pulled out of the speed controller box, 70 amp, uh, that I'm going to stick in there. I didn't need, don't need anything fancy. So I'm going to, I need to reprogram that and try that. But I was really disappointed. I was like, finally, I'm going to try to test fly this thing with a new head, see how it works. And, you know, it's dead. So this is what happens when you let stuff sit for a while. But I digress. That's not, that's not supposed to die. I mean, yeah, you would think it would solid die. State. It's solid state. Well, you find out that solid state is not so solid state. We're not so solid. Actually, electronics can wear out. Just like you can wear out your memory in the uh, SD cards and stuff. Gotcha. And then SSDs. Oh, please don't say that. I got yes. too much. <laughs> I got too much data on my SSDs. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the modern ones have what they call wear leveling, so they try to uh, minimize that. Eventually, it will wear out, but the, the wear leveling prevents it from writing over too many spots at the same time. And that's what happened to the early Tesla cars. They have uh, uh, flash memory inside that was that would do data logging. And they didn't have the wear leveling, what they call, and so it kept reading and writing over the same spot, the same addresses in the memory, and it literally wore out the solid state memory, and they had failures, and they had to go and replace them, and they were soldered in. It was a big pain in the butt to do, but, anyways, that's your electronics lessons for today. <laughs> Thanks, Doctor Bob. We need another Timmy. Ah, so that's it for me. I've been tinkering, uh, still slowly tinkering with the Corsair, but not. I've been busy with some other stuff, but anyways. Uh, how about you? We got anything even? Well, actually, I can actually see the workbench. Oh. <laughs> I spent uh, last weekend in my workroom just trying to clean up. So, you know, I started in one little section and I tried to, you know, take the time for every time I picked up something, I'd put it where it belonged. And I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a, just a mess, messy guy, but I just, I let things get out of hand and I was just moving stuff and I of course let my son work in the workshop so uh, that added to it so I I spent some good quality time listening to some music and and moving things around and I, you know every now and then I'd see something I needed to solder or a new connector or hmm. something like that so as I was cleaning up though the the I guess the story I want to tell you is something is new in my workshop I have a new HEPA air filter unit uh-huh. and I mention this because on several episodes, I've mentioned that I have a mini split in my workshop and that this this unit has been repaired several times. And for the life of me, I'm trying to bring the word up. There's a, uh, <laughs> a disease. There's a, <laughs> there's a disease these units get uh, where the copper coils uh, fail because of chemicals in your room can actually etch cracks into it and it'll leak the Freon. Oh. And uh, again, I don't remember the word, but uh, the, the situation progressed by Kirk Jensen called me. He's a good friend of ours. He's the president up at Tri-County Barnstormers. And he said, hey, Lee, I remember you talking about your mini split failing. And can you tell me again what happened? And I mentioned the chemicals and stuff. And I think he, um, I don't know if he had someone else talk to him, but he said he had had to replace his mini split because it kept cracking or leaking uh, Freon. And I, once I told him about the, the process that corrodes it, he went and looked it up. And, and I was given the same 
response from a guy that I had come into quote a new one, and he said, "Yeah, you've got you know chemicals in here, the CA, the kicker, the epoxy, uh, all these things uh, attribute to these cracks, these little hairline cracks, and you really need to put a HEPA filter in here that can." filter those nasty chemicals. So Kurt calls me and he goes, hey, I just bought a new air filter for my workshop. And I said, well, what'd you get? And he says, I got one of these little Winex air purif HEPA air purifiers. And he showed me a picture of it. And I was like, you know what? I need to get one. So I went to Home Depot and picked up the Winex D360 HEPA 3, excuse me, HEPA three stage air purifier uh, for 360 square feet. And here's what's cool about this thing. So it's rather small. It's not very big at all. It sits on the ground and it has, uh, you can do manual fan settings or you can set it to auto. And what's neat about auto is that this thing has a sensor that adjusts the fan speed when it detects chemicals. And there's actually a little light sensor that tells you it turns red, like a Cylon. <laughs> it turns red, like danger. Da and actually, what was the, we were talking about this, uh, what's the Orville? You know, when uh, the robots, they're angry, their eyes turn red. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My Winix turns red when it's angry. <laughs> <laughs> you won't so, like me when I'm angry. <laughs> so it does, it, it senses. And sure enough, I was CAing a part for Austin. And I turned around because the fan speed jumped up and I, we both looked and that darn little thing was red. Oh, wow. I was like, dang. That's so it's fancy. doing its job. And then we did epoxy and sure enough, fan kicked up higher. We turned over and it was red. So it can detect those chemicals, those pollutants. And so it doesn't mean it, it's clogged. It just means it detects the chemicals? Yeah, this is not a, a setting of the filters clogged. No, it's detecting the chemicals and it increases the airspeed to oh, try to process. Fancy. Yes. Wow. So uh, anyway, I, I, you know, can, can I come over <laughs> and take it apart? Sure. Yeah. Dig, dig. You could, you know, you can just go buy one. They're not expensive. <laughs> uh, just go to your local Home Depot. And now the filters are expensive, but you know what? I, I, I don't know if this thing is legit, but I'll tell you the reviews are good. A lot of people are using them to like for sinuses and stuff and in their <laughs> baby room. So we're mm. talking, you know, maybe it reduces the poo smell. But when I'm using a chemical, oh, kicker. We used kicker the other day too. And we just, I think we looked before it turned red, you know, just to see if it'd catch it. And sure enough, it did. So it it's able to sense this. And I'm just hoping that that is a solution for my mini split. And so, again, hopefully this is kind of informative information for you guys out there who use mini splits in your workshop. And uh, I know a friend of mine just built him a beautiful new workshop with a mini split. And I'm going to call him and say, get one of these right away. You know, try to protect your units. But if this keeps it from happening, it is money well vested. Because not only is it going to try to keep the chemicals from deteriorating your mini split unit, it's also going to be a great dust collector. And that's what we produce, buddy. Interesting. <laughs> you know? so, so about how big is this unit? It's very small. Uh, if I can pull up the size real quick. I mean, it, it probably comes up to my knee. And uh, trying to think of something that looks like that. It's like a, a smaller than a, a kitchen trash can. How's that? Uh, I was wondering. A little, little bit smaller Is it something that could fit in a windowsill? No, because it's kind of tall. Oh, okay. Never mind then. And it, and it doesn't go outside. It, it pulls in air from the sides and the front, and then it pushes it out at the back. Yeah, okay. But we'll put a link <laughs> on this podcast. And I I just got it, folks. 
and I, I'll tell you because when I was putting this this show together, and I was like, okay, let me go get all the information for it. I go to the website for this company, W I N I X, and like none of their units are in stock, and I can't find the one that I bought except to like order filters. I'm like, that's not a good sign. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like a, that's not a good marketing thing, but they're in stock at my Home Depot. And, uh, you know, if it's fake, <laughs> it sure makes me feel good, right? <laughs> it's not doing anything. Um, but like I said, uh, the reviews are good and maybe it'll help reduce some of the dust. I already have a homemade air filtration unit, a dust collector in my workshop, but this just gives me a little bit of extra confidence. And this one, by the way, the D360 is only 150 bucks, and I think I paid $58 for an extra set of carbon filters and paper filter. Hmm. And you can have one too, Fitz. That's pretty neat. So do you set it up near where you are spraying or something, or do you have a central location or what? You know, um, I did. I moved it. I first had it in the corner or near, like in the middle of the room in the back corner where the other airplanes were. But I decided to move it near the soldering station when I was working. So it's it's by my feet. It's not it's not really in the way. I mean, but if it's doing its job, I, I'll sit it right there next to my <laughs> soldering iron. Just mm. suck up all the uh, chemicals while I'm working. That reminds me, I need to put the, uh, another air conditioner in my garage before summer heck, hits. Heck, you could have bid on one of the air conditioning units in the Austin sale. <laughs> that, that was for like a building. I saw that. And I was like, man, but you could have got it for fifty units? bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's like on a roof. Cool that would have been line. awesome. <laughs> I think my get HOA would have had kittens if I did that. Yeah, you know, get your room down to forty degrees and your electricity bill go up to eight hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I had. I think that's it. We're we're on a road trip next week. Oh, and we I forgot to mention Kirk is joining us. We got a tag along. Kirk, we got a tag along. Yes, it's going to be three of us. The three amigos. Three well, amigos. we can't say that. Terry's going to get mad. It's three stooges? <laughs> okay. <laughs> He'll be okay with that. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to have a. Kirk is going to come along with us. It, all three of us, our first time there, if I remember correctly. That is true. This should be interesting. So, hopefully, yeah. we'll bring you some. Uh, I think we'll try to give you some live shows and some updates when we get there. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I'm hoping to, both for us and AMA. Oh, right. That's right. AMA is going to be there. And as you're a, you're an official AMA-er. The uh, social media major, so, manager. Yeah, so it's not like you'd be working a little bit. I have a feeling I'm just going to produce and you guys are going to take the mics and camera and be in front of the camera and you and Tony, Tony Stillman. He's gonna. He's like our little guide. He's gonna have to walk, hold our hand, and walk oh, us through. We got a personal guide. All right. What if he's like having a guide over in a foreign country, where you can make sure you don't get the foreigner prices? <laughs> you you hope you get the right guy. <laughs> Negotiate for you. Yeah. <laughs> <In> a local <laughs> local dialect. Is, <laughs> I am looking forward to it. So, like I said, we got to bring money. You got to bring money. You got to bring snacks, oh. and uh, you know, pace yourselves. Oh, which reminds me, we got to make sure we have enough room in your trailer to bring everything we we bring back, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Don't go there with much, or make sure you sell whatever you bring. You bring. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I really want to buy that, but I got to sell this other plate first. Well, your your van is not so small either. I mean, your your SUV. You got. Oh, I'm just kidding. Room. I'm oh. just kidding. I I'm. 
honestly, I have no, I mean, I got my bucket list plane. Anything yeah. else I get is really, hope, first, I got to prioritize parts for the yellow aircraft, P-38. And then everything else is just, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this plane in years. I'll grab that. Uh, and yeah. most likely, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to buy like big planes. I think if I'm going to buy something, it'll be a kit. But I, I got to tell you, the past few years, I have been able to acquire a lot of kits I've always wanted. Mm. You know, uh, stuff that I've had. And I really can't think of anything else. Like, I mean, I got a, a, a Malibu, uh, an Astroflight Malibu. That's a glider oh, that wow. I had. It's like yeah. little, little things like that over the years. So I'm, gosh, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm quite content with the collection I have. And so everything else is just going to be unique and hopefully stuff I'll need f- to finish the plane. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not really interested in any built kits. It had, it had to be something really, really interesting or neat or something unusual. Uh, I mean, it had to be something like I just couldn't live without. Otherwise, like you, I'm mainly odds and ends. I need a couple of different electric motors I could use, maybe some kits or, or two, you know, if it's something un- uh, unusual or something I saw. Get something for Terry that's really unusual. (laughs) But you never know. Hey, and you know what? I'm going to throw this out to our listeners. Uh, Thank you, by the way, for hanging on with me and Fitz this long. And I know I've been rambling on some crazy stuff. But this part is for our listeners, for you guys. This is going to be a fun trip for me. And I hope the same for Fitz. And I'm going there to enjoy it and just go explore. So... If you need something, if you're looking for something, what I'm going to ask you to do is follow us on our Facebook page, uh, please. And I, because I don't know if I'll be able to do it live from YouTube. I might try YouTube as well. So just stay tuned. But follow us on both channels. And if we go live or, or if we make posts on like Facebook, let us know what you might be looking for. If I see something, if I find it and I can help you out, I'll do my best to make it come true for you. If you've got friends that are there you want to say hi to or, or something like that, you know, let us help you if we can. I had someone actually uh, tell me they'd never been to Perry, but they're looking for maybe a, a certain engine. I said, look, just do me a favor. When I get there, text me and I'll put it on my list of things to look for. And I'll, I'll be happy to do that for you guys. I, I'm not expecting 3,000 requests, so I think I can... <laughs> <laughs> I can say this without going to freak yeah, out. I was worried about that too. I was like, you sure you want to do that? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can't. Well, if it happens, it'll be a great story for the return podcast, right? But as I said, if I can help you out, if you're looking for something or, and by the way, I was like uh, telling somebody else, if, if we're doing something live and you're following and you see something, you know, let us know if you want us to stop and look back because I'll probably be looking at the comments like I normally do when I'm with Fitz and, and we'll do that. You know, that's that's fun for us. So uh, please participate in that next week. Okay, you heard it. Leisure man. Don't talk to me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and let us know what jobs we can give Kirk Jensen. <laughs> we're, we're putting him to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. All right, I look forward to it. It's going to be a bit of a road trip. It's going to be a long drive, but I've done it before, so we'll just do what we can. Uh, Bring my noise-canceling headphones and and uh, some reading material. Well, I think it'll be great with three drivers, three yeah. adult drivers. Three adult so, drivers, yeah. We yeah. share and take cat naps and, and, and rip each other and stuff. Yeah. Let's make mm. sure we stop at Bucky's before we hit the road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get all our snacks before we leave Texas. <laughs> <laughs> what is the joke? You know, when you, when you go on a road trip, 
you buy snacks like you're a 12 year old with a hundred dollar bill <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah all right well thanks everybody for listening to us uh we look forward to you to uh so, as we said talk to you next week hopefully with some live shows and be uh, check out our social media stuff and we'll post links to stuff we talked about this episode as well and we definitely look forward to our show after that after we've gone and we can terry can interrogate us on what we did didn't do and who let it, who bailed wait, who out of jail and that kind of stuff and interrogate us interrogate us yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like that's a new term interrogate he's yeah. good at it too so he he is he is the man who likes to go back and he's like now back up back up what did you just say <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well speaking of bothering on that note we bother you guys long enough thanks for listening and we will see you next time bye Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening. <laughs>